0: Well, no, 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 no. Happy May 5th. It is Cinco de Mayo. This is Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Um, It is the 5th of May, 2021. And so, uh, you know, it's a, uh, in the Southland across the Southern Southwestern United States, it's a, uh, a day of celebration and, uh, and jokingly called drinko de Mayo because there's usually some adult beverages involved as people celebrate and enjoy, uh, the day. It's, it's sort of a, uh, Hispanic American holiday. Ostensibly it, it was, it's, it's not really Mexican independence day, but, uh, um, it's, uh, you know, it is, um, um a uh, a celebration of uh of Spanish culture for for sure and so you know lots of uh great food and stuff uh it basically commemorates the Mexican army's victory over the French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in eighteen sixty two so a uh, hundred years before I was born the uh, the Mexican army beat back the French and uh and so anyway it's a celebration day and and uh you know like a lot of holidays it's 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 somewhat extracted from the the original meaning of the day but it's it's a, like i said a day of celebration of sort of mexican culture and so you know there's usually uh, in, in a lot of towns and i grew up in in new mexico and southern california so uh, in both places there was parades and food and you know folk dancing and and sometimes even battle reenact reenactments in some places um, you know, if there's like you know a history a historic group or something that that you know wants to uh, to do that kind of thing, and um, you know it's it's a great day for those. Even if you're not necessarily somebody who was involved in the specific activities, or you know even if you're not of of uh, you know Mexican heritage, to uh, just enjoy in the celebration and the uh, and the good food and the and the you know the fellowship with others out celebrating, and as COVID finally uh, sort of seems to break a little bit, we can actually kind of go out and have celebrations and hang out again with people. And so, you know, any excuse is a good excuse to do that. You might as well be celebrating, you know, a a, uh, a long and significant culture. So why not, you know, go out and enjoy Cinco de Mayo and uh, enjoy some good food today. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I Aaron asked me on the radio show if I was going to, uh, you know, go out and celebrate drink out to and I I said no <laughs> immediately I'm not going out and celebrating um uh but that's just cuz I coach in the evenings and stuff and so um it's not that I'm anti celebration or anything but you know I will probably get some Mexican food tonight you know why not and uh and enjoy and uh yeah you know here's to uh Mexico right and 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 those of Mexican descent, um I uh Applaud you on this day and enjoy. Um, Other stuff going on. Uh, Let's see, what did we do? We talked about the birth rate dropping and the uh, demographic issues that that leads to, and specifically just in not having a good enough tax base because there's, you know, if you have fewer children, if there aren't enough uh, young children growing up to replace the older generation, if it's going to be a smaller generation, which happens cyclically, um, then there's always stresses on the on the social systems because there's nobody, not enough people paying into it to pay for the people who are taking advantage of it, you know, and that's a worry that every, you know, every other generation seems to have because it seems to be sort of a TikTok cycle. Um, and we talked about Derek Chauvin asking for a new trial. This is before he appeals the 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 conviction. He's asking for a retrial, um, and there are those who think he has fairly good grounds for it. Um, one thing, and, and I agree that I'll, there was a lot of reasons why it probably, uh, or very easily could happen. I don't know if it should, because I think they actually reached the right, uh, the right conclusion. I don't, I, I, think he went beyond his, his, uh, mandate as a police officer and he took a man's life and, you know, he should have to pay that, uh, price. The, um, the specifics of, uh, you know, what he, uh, you know, how, how it came about in a courtroom and stuff, I mean, the, the lawyers will look at that and say, well, you know, was there or was there not? Proper procedure followed, and does he deserve a second trial, or does he have grounds for appeal of the trial that he had? And the two things are different. I think a lot of people don't pay attention to that or don't realize that, but, you know, a retrial basically says that we just throw out everything we did in the first one and start, uh, And that's what he's asking for. Whereas, an uh, uh, appeal says something in that trial was wrong. hi welcome hi. Aaron. how are you so i was just kind of rehashing some of the news of the day um so uh something we didn't talk about that's been on my mind lately ever since they had the uh the nfl draft this weekend news broke that uh, aaron Rodgers is unhappy and wants out of green bay and as a green bay fan i'm a little not I there's this you know, feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, no, I don't like that. But, uh, but even as much of a fan as I am of the team, um, I've got to say that, you know, his history has shown that he's a difficult guy to get along with. Um, I don't disagree that when you have a superstar, you should probably engage him a little bit more in like, you know, who you're going to put around him and try to keep him happy. And they've apparently made very little effort to do that they've pretty much said you know you play football we'll decide on how to run the team and you know you do you and we'll do us and but he has
1: to me that begs the question is he a perpetual whiner
0: yeah and i i don't know if he's a perpetual whiner but it's very common for um for the star quarterbacks in the league to uh have some input on like you know you you interact very closely with receivers So, you know, when we're deciding to keep or release receivers, maybe we should talk to you about it before we just make decisions because you kind of get a feel for who you work well with. And apparently, they've released a couple people that he thought he really worked well with and didn't like the fact that they were getting rid of them. Um, And they never even asked him about it, they just did it, you know. And then he finds out, you know, when he reads the paper, it's oh, yeah, so and so got cut. And he's like, what? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah I mean, literally
0: okay. in, in one case he had like he he actually posted some positives about a guy that was a young guy his second year on the team how he really liked the guy and he was an asset to the team and the next day they cut him
1: oh my like, god
0: and it was like dude could you have talked to me about this you know a little bit please um and and it well, just kind of irritates him and you know when you've got a guy that that's that's you know his salary is a big chunk of the entire team's salary because he is such a superstar and such a standout you probably should, I mean, I'm not saying kowtow to the guy, but, you know, at least include him in the conversations and let him know what you're thinking is a little bit. Don't blindside him when he literally just, you know, he uh, prays on a guy that you then the next day cut. I mean, literally the next day. Um, so I understand his point of view, but I also, I'm with you a little bit in that, it, you know, I mean, there's been, you know, lots of rumors of him not, you know, having issues and not talking to his family for a long period of time and, um, And, you know, although he seems like he's kind of a fun guy, of course, we don't know the person, right? I mean, you just see what you see in the news, right? But I mean, you know, he he likes Star Wars and he kind of geeks out on stuff and he seems like he's a nice guy and has a lot of, you know, fun in that respect. But you look at him as a leader of a team. He's immensely talented as a quarterback, but as a leader of a team, does he inspire those around him to do their very best? And I would say that when you compare him to the best being, you know, whether you like him or not, Tom Brady. A man of the same era, Tom Brady's certainly had tons more success with, you know, arguably not as much talent. I mean, it's it's you know, he's he's but his talent seems to lie in also inspiring his team. I mean, you know, he he's been phenomenal at that. And and so you could say, well, you know, is there maybe people don't like him that much? Maybe his personality is a little bristly, and so they, you know, as a leader, he's not as strong a leader, even though he's maybe physically more talented as a quarterback. Um, you know, yeah. All that said, they should keep him. They're nuts if they don't if they don't keep him. And you know, if they decide to trade Aaron Rodgers, which I think is just a terrible mistake, they better get you know the whole house, the kitchen sink, the lawn, and, you know, I mean, it better, they better get, like, the most phenomenal trade ever for this guy because he's the reigning MVP, you know. And never in the history of the NFL has the reigning MVP, MVP been traded. Uh, and only twice has the reigning MVP not come back to play for the same team, and that was both times that it happened. It was because the player retired from the league. You know, I just...
1: Yeah.
0: You know, they would... Yeah, find a way to mend that fence. Sit down and talk to the guy and say, "Hey, you know what is it that you need from us? What you know? How how do you want to be communicated to?" And let's see if we can find some way to work and make everybody happy here. Because, you know, and the team's been to the to the like the game the the the, the um uh, division playoff, literally the game right before the the Super Bowl two years in a row. They're two out of the last three years. You know, I mean, they've been really good. So. They're just not quite good enough to get that over that last hump. you know And people who watched the game last year, a lot of them said, you know they didn't get there because the coach made a bad call. In fact, I actually did a, a, a an online rant about the fact that the coach blew it, you know because they had three downs and didn't get in the, it did not get into this into the end zone. And so instead of giving him the fourth down, which he thought obviously he thought he was going to get four shots to get into the end zone. Uh, instead of giving him the fourth down, they they just said, "Okay, we'll turn over the ball," and we, and they gave it to Tom Brady with time left on the clock at the end of the game. And it's like, that's stupid. I mean, I'm not even a professional football guy who studies football and spent my life doing football. And it's like, you don't give the ball to a uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a you know uh, you know uh, Peyton Manning. You don't give them the ball at the end of the game with a minute and a half left. You don't. If there's any way to keep the ball out of their hands, you take it. You know.
1: Yep,
0: oh, I mean, those guys find ways to win. And and you didn't trust your guy enough to find a way. And so you gave the ball to the other guy's quarterback, the other superstar quarterback on the field, you know? It just, that was a bad, bad call. Um, and it cost them a chance at the Super Bowl. So, hmm. anyhow. Grumble, grumble, hmm.
1: grumble. Do you think he is, <laughs> this might be a negotiation ploy to get more money?
0: I don't think so. He's already among the best-paid quarterbacks in the league, and he's under contract for, I think, two more years. And they've offered him an extension that he's refused to sign. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, I hope it's not – you know, there are those in the news that are saying it's irreversible, and now it's just the countdown to when they ultimately trade him, and I hope that's not the case. I hope that they just stay stubborn and pig-nosed about it and say, no, we're not trading him, so let's figure this out, you know, and I hope that he doesn't get stubborn and just says, well, then fine, I'm not going to play. You know, I'll take off a year, heal up, and, you know, be ready to play. <laughs> and after a year of not playing, we'll see if you'll trade me. You know, I don't know. I hope I hope that they can just, you know, find a way to let's all be friends and hug it out.
1: Well, and at his age, there's a risk of him not playing for a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of it we started last year during the draft when they drafted with they they traded up a couple picks and their first pick was a young quarterback that wasn't even on most people's radar, and he's like, wait a minute, what? You know, we're we're, you know, knocking on the door of going to uh, the Super Bowl and we are lacking maybe a you know, one more good receiver and maybe some pieces on the defense and you draft a quarterback, you know, and everybody's like, Oh, they drafted his replacement. They're getting ready to dump him. I think everybody miscalculated that. I think they were basically drafting a backup because he has gotten injured a couple times and he's been, when he's gotten injured, he's been out for several weeks, if not months. And, uh, and they just wanted somebody so there wouldn't be quite as much of a drop off. And so they're trying to find a decent backup for him. Um, you know but again they did that and it, he, it was a shock to him nobody talked to him about it he figured they were going to be getting some more weapons for the team and they instead drafted his backup and of course the news covered it as drafting his replacement so they all you know that freaked everybody out i think he's probably listening to the news too much
1: so. uh,
0: and he got engaged maybe he wants to move to hollywood he wants to get see if he can get traded to the chargers or to the rams or something like that you know He's from the Oakland area. Maybe he wants to go back that way. Who knows? I don't know.
1: Well, I, it's, it sounds like he feels pretty disrespected and it's hard to work for people who disrespect you.
0: Yep. 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 So rumor has it. it that he wants them to fire, uh, their, uh, the general manager. They feel like that because he's the guy who sort of makes the decisions about the, you know, who they draft and, and who, how the team is structured. And that's the person who I guess he he wants to have a better relationship with, and I guess he's given up on that because apparently, I think it's Brian Gukenhurst is the guy's name. Uh, has you know it you know he ha- he's not talking to me now and he hasn't talked to me in the past. What makes you think he's going to be more willing to talk to me in the future? I just don't think there's a relationship there, so we'll see maybe the team will fire him and hire in somebody else that's more willing to. Chit chat. Quite frankly, I think the team should do whatever they have to to make him happy, so that they can keep him there because he's clearly, you know, I mean, in the time that he's been injured, the reason they needed a backup is because in the time when he's injured, there's a huge drop off. It's like the team with him, team without him, team with him, team without him. You know, it's like, okay, we get it. It was like when Peyton Manning got injured, and suddenly the Indianapolis Colts were a you know two and ten team instead of a ten and two team. It's like, yeah, one guy makes that much of a difference, believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's that good wow yeah it makes me sad as a fan it's like come on guys come on we're so close to the to the Super Bowl come on <laughs> you know I feel wow. like they have wasted you know years with him though they should have moved to get a new coach quicker than they did they waited too long and wasted some more years that where the team was mediocre at best because They weren't running it right and weren't calling good plays, and so, you know.
1: Are they a team like the Dallas Cowboys where the owner is really involved?
0: Well, no, because they don't have an owner. They're the only professional sports team in the United States that is not privately owned. They are owned by people who own shares in the uh, common stock in the Green Bay Packers. And uh, and they have a board of directors and a general manager and a president of operations, and those people all work for a publicly owned company, although it's a special type of stock because, um, you know, essentially if you own stock, you get to vote for their board of directors, and that's basically all you do. And then the board of directors act as the as the owners and the player, the, the team representative at team team meetings and stuff. Yeah. So. Interesting. And most of the people who own stock are people who live in the city of Green Bay. Yeah, the last time they offered stock, they were trying to expand the stadium. And uh, shares at the time were going for like, I don't know, they weren't huge. They were like $250 something like that. But I was at a point in my life where, and this was years ago, my kids were young. and I just didn't have $250 to spend up. But I would love to have a share of Green Bay Packers stock that I could, uh, you know, because they actually issue a certificate. And the way it works, too, is this is not like a stock that's traded on the stock market or anything. So you can't sell your share. It's issued to you in your name and it, you know, doesn't mean you get a ticket or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's just you're an owner, but it'd be cool to have a, a, a share on the wall and say, yeah, I'm, I'm part owner. You know, that's what it is. It's a $250 decoration. Although these days it'd probably be a thousand dollar decoration, you know, interest. <laughs> so,
1: so. Or inflation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Inflation is what I meant to say, not interest, but, uh, yeah, I kinda wish that they um you know, would say, Okay, we want to do another improvement program on the field and so let's let's sell some more stock and I would try to get a I would try to get a share. Just for fun. If it wasn't too outrageously expensive. You know. But with inflation, yeah, literally, if it's a thousand dollars, I go, Well that's a pretty expensive decoration to hang on the wall. I don't think I want to spend that amount of money.
1: But mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I just Googled it, and they're not currently selling shares.
0: No, they haven't for quite a while. Last time they did, it was decades ago. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know if you remember reading the story. I tried to look at it, and it's on the Washington Post, and I don't have a um, uh, subscription, so let me read the story. But they're saying that the, the headline was basically Japan should cut its losses and tell the International Olympic Committee to take its Olympic Olymp- – pillage somewhere else uh,
1: yes yeah it's 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 actually a really interesting op-ed piece uh-huh. uh by sally jenkins and um they're basically saying you know but japan didn't surrender its sovereignty when it, it when it agreed to host the olympics um you know if if the summer games had become a national threat or at least a threat to the national interest japan's leaders should tell yeah. the ioc to go pound yeah. sand
0: there's been a lot of comments and, and articles on about the international Olympic committee over the years about how they're basically, they operate basically as a bunch of thugs and, and, and bullies. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, and, you know, through graft, I mean, basically you have to buy them off in order to get the Olympics in the first place. And then uh, uh, they have all kinds of weird demands that you basically have to end up paying them money in order to, to, you know, set up the proper arenas and spaces for every, uh, each of the sports it's, It's a racket.
1: It is. And apparently eight Olympic workers tested positive uh, for the coronavirus during the torch relay last week. So and they were wearing masks Um, right now. Less than two percent of Japan's population is vaccinated. So, you know, um, apparently uh, people are pushing back. And uh, the um, the head of Japan's medical workers union, Susuma Morita, uh, he is saying, um, you know, they're, they're going to be draining the medical resources of the country to host something they shouldn't be hosting, you know, so don't Yeah. move it somewhere else. Yeah. I'm sure China would take it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the problem is, is that, you know, the, about the only place that's willing to, um, to deal with the Olympics anymore is a bunch of, you know, strong arm, you know, uh, autocratic com- countries, uh, you know, Russia and China and, uh, because they can just say, "You know, forget worker safety, we're gonna do this because it makes us look good. We can put on a show, and uh you know, I think that uh yeah the the there's you know they were supposed to happen last year, obviously they didn't, and weren't going to and and there's a lot of question as to whether they should be going on this year or not. I mean, I feel bad for the athletes because you know they train some some of them their entire lives, and they can't just keep extending their career." out waiting for the Olympics to finally show up, but uh, um, yeah, I can understand a lot of people in Japan having very mixed emotions about this.
1: Yeah, and so, and what do they do? Do they they um quarantine people in their in their dorms when they're not competing, testing them every day, you know all of what does that cost for all of that infrastructure mm-hmm. to make that happen and yeah and yeah they, they, Japan has spent a fortune um, yeah. over getting and above the regular the,
0: the, ridiculous costs of doing it right
1: exactly, yeah, exactly, you know yeah. so you know i i I don't know, I mean, do you have the athletes all get there a month early? So that um, that they can, you know, make sure that nobody has COVID, and, and mm. I, I, you know, what or do you Or you fly them in like so, the
0: day before their race and fly them back out, you know, so that they don't stay. You know, that's the other way yes. to do it. I guess is like in and out as quick as you can. Don't but then, anything, how would you do that? There's only so
1: many runways. Yeah, yeah, there's only so many runways.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, her. The, so this piece's point is really. You know, if they if they break the contract, if Japan breaks the contract, how would they be sued? Who has jurisdiction? Right? Yeah. So, I guess because the IOC could take them to
0: the world court if they wanted to, and Japan could go, yeah, so?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Knock yourself out. We're not going to show up. You do you, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we've decided we don't want you all here. We've changed our mind.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, but if I were Japan, I think I'd protect my national interests, especially since— they have an aging population, right? I mean, so there have been stories for years about how they've been not having enough babies and so their their population skews older. As a matter of fact, Todd, while we're talking, can you look up the average, you know, the the median age for Japanese um citizens? I'm you know, try. I I I bet you I bet you it comes up and I they they skew older than other nations, uh, because their birth rate is lower. And so um Maybe not skewing skewing older than the Vatican, but you know, still older.
0: (laughs) Median age in Japan is forty five point nine.
1: Wow. Life expectancy in the US eighty
0: four. Let's see. Italy's forty four. They also skew pretty old. Uh, Numbers. 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 United Kingdom, I'm scrolling uh oh, United States median age is thirty seven point four, average life expectancy is seventy eight point nine. So they live longer and uh and they skew older by eight eight years.
1: But if you think of the, the impact of COVID on older people versus younger people, you know, mm-hmm. that puts Japan at significant risk.
0: Yeah. Japan has the highest median age. Of any of the countries listed, and that it's a long list, so it might be all of them. I don't know. Looks like it's at least a uh, hundred and fifty, so it's not all of them, but so quite a few. Uh, population under a, the age of twenty is seventeen point one, and in the United States, it's twenty-five.
1: Wow! So um, Tokyo's original budget for the uh, getting, getting prepared for the Olympics was $7 billion. Um, uh, They have now spent four times that. So, you know, and the point here is in this, one of the many points that she makes is stop throwing good money after bad. It's still going to be a lose for you. Yeah. You know, cut your losses.
0: At this point, they're going to rue the day no matter what happens. Right.
1: Yes. And apparently Rio, they were 352% over budget. When so they, is that, a, is that a,
0: an indication of, of ridiculous cost or an indication of really bad budgeting <laughs> or, or maybe a little bit of both?
1: Probably a little of both and a lot of corruption. Yeah. I don't know. Uh,
0: honestly, I think that um, a lot of times the Olympic committees, in order to pitch it to their country, the each national Olympic committee basically lies. They make it sound like it's going to cost less and bring in more money than it'll actually bring in in order to get your country to go for it. And then and then, you know, then this happens right now, of course, nobody anticipated COVID happening, which is just, you know, throwing everything off. But um, but, you know, I mean, it's it just it's sort of an ongoing meme with the Olympics is that every country that hosts it uh, ends up losing, you know, tons of money. In fact, that was the thing that made Mitt Romney's career right, is that he pulled off an Olympics that didn't, you know, bankrupt the state that it was being hosted in when they had the Winter Olympics in uh, in Utah.
1: Yes. It's like, hey,
0: somebody could actually run a big event like this and not and not lose money. Imagine that.
1: Yes. So, that yes, you know, that he
0: uh Park City, right?
1: That was his Park claim City. to fame. And he was brought in late, if I if I remember correctly, because they were not doing well and he right. was brought in to fix it and he did.
0: Right. Yeah, he yeah, that's exactly it. They were they were trending the way most Olympic uh 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 national Olympic committees go in that everything was going south on them and they were looking at huge cost overruns and things not being ready. And they called him in as sort of the guy and, and he got everything set straight. So.
1: So um, interesting. And for that, she, yeah, he gets right?
0: booed, you know, now he gets booed because he, because he's yes. doesn't, he doesn't stand on stages and go, president Trump was the best president ever. And the, Olymp- the, 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 and his, and his election was stolen. If he doesn't say that he gets booed
1: true so um apparently over the past 20 years um so, so that the ioc is having a hard time finding host cities um mm-hmm. over the past 20 years other potential hosts have dried up among those who have wisely said no barcelona boston budapest davos hamburg krakow munich oslo rome Stok- stockholm and toronto and their point is you know that that until this this the way that this is handled is fixed um, you know, the graft and corruption is eliminated. Um, it will never be. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll, ha- you'll it'll get harder and harder to find cities who are willing to host.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that they had done some reform of the Olympic Committee because there had been it had been so bad. But apparently, I mean, it, it's apparent that it continues to be bad. That. Yep. You know, the reform is in air quotes. So.
1: Yes. So all the Olympics are going to be, going to be held in China from now on.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't said, you know, okay, the Olympics started in Greece. Let's build a great facility and everything in Greece that's designed specifically for it. And let's just do it there every year. You know, if it's not Greece, then pick someplace else. But, you know, because that's the history of it, you know, why not Greece? And just say we're going to build it once and we'll do it with with donations worldwide. And that will become the Olympic place and everybody will go there every year to that place to do the olympics
1: yeah know. except that people would say that's too eurocentric and whatever well, I, they I started it
0: you. you know i mean it's like you know
1: <laughs> they did it's like I'm, did. I'm not they i'm did. not picking
0: greece because i like greece you know i mean not that i dislike greece but it was like, it's like you know they started it you know if we were going to go le- like le- let's you know build giant bodies with animal heads on them then and, and do that as a competition i would say let's do it in egypt they were the ones who did that first. Yes.
1: <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> competitive it's statuary, Co- competitive statuary with animal heads. Let's do it in <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? Yeah. Hey, I like yeah. this story about this um, this uh, cleaning woman. Uh, you know, as somebody oh my that we. Gosh, we I- we would call her a maid in the United States, but uh, in in uh, in the UK they refer to them as cleaners. Uh, here, a cleaner is the guy who comes in after the uh, the hitman, right, and cleans up. the
1: <laughs> But
0: uh, but there, a cleaner is the maid. And uh, this this lady, uh, Julie Cousins, she's sixty seven years old, and after she uh, uh, she decided to leave her job at this bank, she left a note for the bank manager who apparently had been pretty ugly. And she go, and she left this note that said, I've left the job after the way you dressed me down in the office. It was nothing more than aggressive and cruel, but that's a reflection of your character, not mine. So going forward, please, all of you remember, in a world when you can be anything, be kind, because you are all no better than the cleaner and beautiful uh, right yeah yeah and uh so she she decided to retire and you know she's 67 she'd been doing it for uh, 35 years so she was due to retire but n- what a beautiful way to to sort of tell the person who's been ugly that you know what that's not necessary and apparently um her son then um uh Tweeted out what she had said, you know what what was she had done, and it's been picked up by hundreds of people expressing support and um, and sharing that story, and it's kind of gone viral on Twitter. So good, you know, it's nice to hear a good thing, and somebody, you know, just saying something as, as direct and honest as that is like, you know, there's no reason to be that ugly to people. Be kind. I um yeah. I remember when I was yes. in college, I worked for all of three weeks at a Wendy's. And uh, quit by handing in my uniform through the drive-through. So that I wasn't the best employee in the world, but they they were terrible. <laughs> they had some retirees who worked there, and they had this you know uh, night manager who was running the place. Who was you know in his early twenties, and he he had no business managing people. Nobody had trained this guy, and and he was he would just shout and bark at people, you know. And I thought how humiliating for this this you know. Uh, 60 to 70 year old woman who's in there working to have this this young kid yelling at her as if she was you know nothing and expendable and just treating them awful and I thought you know I I don't want to be here I don't want nothing to do with this place so I had started looking for another job uh, almost the second that I got hired there I took it because I just needed some money and I literally was there three weeks before I got another job and said okay I quit I'm done I'm out of here uh, and in fact, I remember they called me and said, are you coming in for your shift? And I went, no, I'm going to quit. And there was a long pause and they said, um, uh, you know, you, you, well, we've got your paycheck. And I think it was like 60 bucks. And I went, yeah, okay. So, and then because, well, we, we need our uniform back. And I went, okay, fine. Then I'll come get my paycheck and give you a uniform. And I literally went through the drive-thru and handed them the uniform and asked for my <laughs> paycheck through the drive through because I didn't want to go into the building, which was terrible 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 I mean you know they always tell you you know don't burn bridges when you quit and I shouldn't have done that but I was young and immature at the time too but the way he they treated people there was just so bad so bad
1: yeah there's nothing there's nothing as humiliating than as being dressed down in public yeah and um uh, apparently that's what this manager did he you know you yeah. dress you down in, in an ugly way and you know if you if there's something that you want done differently then you know, then then ask yeah. them to to do it differently, and and sometimes with employees you do have to be firm, and yeah. they may see that as mean, but you, you know, it doesn't mean that you scream at them in front of customers. I mean, exactly. for crying out loud,
0: yeah, you know, there's that old adage: praise in public and correct in private. You know, yes, and and uh, and that's you know just a good rule of thumb when you're when you're managing or coaching or whatever you're doing when you're in you know dealing with people. Just remember, they're human beings. Holy moly. You know, Um yeah. you know, and I remember the the manager in this place basically just, you know, dressing down and shouting out people, you know, when they're supposed to be training them. So this person doesn't know how to do what they're doing. You're supposed to be training them. And their idea of training was to shout at them and tell them, no, that's
1: not right. Well, that's you know? effective.
0: Yeah. I'm like I'm Wow, that's brilliant training. Who trained you? If your
1: goal is- if, if your goal is to paralyze them so they're so afraid to make a mistake that they won't do anything, that's how you do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was sad. Sad, sad, sad. So.
1: So, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the morning. So I, uh, as I pull into my driveway, which mm-hmm. we finish the podcast. It's kitty and I've time. Got a, a bl- I have a black cat in my lap. Life is good.
0: The mighty, mighty Pharaoh. Speaking of Egyptians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and the little kitties want to be his friend. They want to play with him. They want to cuddle with him. And he won't have anything to do with them. He's like,
0: Get away from me, kid. You bother me. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like yeah. Foghorn Leghorn.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll say, I'll say, step away, child. I um hey we didn't do our trivia question um the nba player who had the most fouls called on him over his career
1: Any Um thoughts? I'm going to guess Allen Iverson.
0: Good guess. How many how many nba player names could come to your mind? <laughs> I'm actually surprised Allen well, Iverson came to your mind. Um uh for not being a basketball fan, but uh no, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shut up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The NBA's leading uh, career scorer is also the leading um, foul getter. Now, you think about it. He's a big man, so he played in the middle center. So a lot of times when people would come in to to try to shoot, he was there blocking. And and so very often he would be bumping them out of the way. Uh, And so he would get a lot of fouls called. And he played for 20 years. So that has a lot to do with, like, when you have career numbers. You know, how long was your career? He played 20 years so but yeah he's the leading foul getter as well as the leading scorer in the history of the nba huh so
1: well i didn't know i learned something, something today. to think
0: about i didn't know either and i'm a laker fan and a kareem fan and so um yeah i didn't know that but uh yeah kareem abdul jabbar is the man of fouls so, yeah, I mean, you think about, it, though, his position, the center position, I think, is prone to getting a lot of fouls called on him, just the way, especially during the era that he played, because there was a lot of, like, driving to the basket. And these days, you know, driving to the basket is, is, is still a big part of the game, but it's maybe a slightly lesser part of the game, and that's because, and the big man isn't in the center as much. They're pulled out to the edges because of the three-point shot. And so a lot of the way the game is played today, it's sort of an inside-out game where uh, you either take a three point shot or you drive to the basket because everybody's come out to the perimeter to guard people out on the perimeter to, so they don't get those three point shots. And then you can, if you can get around a guy, you got a fairly clean shot into the basket. So there's less likelihood of a center getting, being there to try to stop you. You know, I say that, and there are, you know, certainly some big guys that manage to fade back to the middle and block a lot of shots still. But, uh, but the game has changed significantly, significantly since, um, retired so so it's a record that may not so, be broken
1: i am really glad at this moment in time that we do not live on the east coast and i say this because they're about to be invaded by trillions with a t trillions of cicadas yeah which are loud black red-eyed insects
0: yeah i tell you what if you have difficulty uh visualizing trillions of dollars when we talk about the budget step outside <laughs> in the next couple there weeks. there you go <laughs> in the east coast and go how do you feel about the bugs right now yeah because because yeah they, they will make their presence known because they are loud and uh yeah yeah, are these the, the like the seventeen year ones that pop up only every seventeen years?
1: Yes, I think so. So Such this, is, this is a weird life brood cycle. X. Yeah, it is. And it is, yeah, seventeen years. Um apparently there are many broods of periodic cicadas mm-hmm. um that appear on rigid schedules. Um this one is of the largest and most notable. They'll appear in fifteen states from Indiana any Indiana to Georgia to New York. And they're coming out now en masse in Tennessee and North Carolina. So when the entire brood emerges, backyards can look like undulating waves. Mm. And the bug chorus is is lawnmower loud. So, yikes. They will mostly come out at dusk um, uh, to try to avoid anything that wants to eat them. They will squiggle out of holes in the ground. They'll climb up trees or anything vertical. Um, once off the ground, they shed their skins and and try to survive that vulnerable stage before they become dinner to a host of critters, including ants, birds, dogs, cats, and some intrepid humans. Yuck. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. I, yeah. Ugh.
0: Mature cicadas, uh, after they come out, they will uh, they'll shed they'll shed their skins and become adults. They come out of the ground as uh, uh, as nymphs. They mature, they fly, they mate, they lay eggs in twigs, and then they die within several weeks. But for several weeks, the 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 <laughs> the world will be alive with the sound of music. Um, oh, gross! Yeah, and and brood ten or brood X brood is one of fifteen broods that uh, come out in the eastern United States, and these are seventeen year cicadas. So the eggs that they lay seventeen years from now will will be popping up and going we're back um yeah they live basically underground as kind of little you know wormy things and then they come out and uh and molt and and grow sprout their wings and mate and then die again <laughs>
1: yeah so apparently they can uh, they can reach 105 decibels noisy wow. like a wow. singles bar gone horribly horribly wrong that's yeah. loud
0: yeah, you think about it. If you carry one of those, like, um, uh, like uh, large sounders, you know, the, the like, if you're out jogging or walking through a parking lot at night, a lot of, they tell a lot of women to, you know, take these really loud noise maker things that make these electronic sounds. Those are, you know, like 105 decibels.
1: <laughs> Yikes!
0: Yeah, and imagine Yikes. so. They, imagine they, trillions of them.
1: No, they apparently like to. Um, they eat young trees. And you can net the trees um, so that they don't, you know, they can't destroy your, your mm-hmm. orchard or your whatever, um, you know, but they're really, they're, um, you know, apart from them being loud and attacking young trees, they really, they really aren't that bad. They're not going to spread disease and all of that. Um, yeah. They just are going to gross people out for a few weeks and yeah, just be very much a nuisance. Yes. And gross looking.
0: Yeah, they're not the most attractive-looking animals. They look kind of like, I don't know what you call them, like little demonic bugs with the red eyes.
1: So what entomologists are saying is that um, when, when cicadas emerge, it's a great sign that forests are in good shape. It's all as it's supposed to be. It's all part of the circle of life. So, the yeah, the entomologists life. are excited. Exactly, the entomologists are are excited, and the rest of us are going yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, you, you're bug people.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we don't trust be dead your judgment everywhere. Yeah. in A few weeks.
0: Yeah, we don't trust your judgment. You get excited about bugs.
1: Exactly. What's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm. No, so um, we
1: are. Not we are thrilled. out of time, my friend.
0: Happy to be living on the west coast and cicada free. So exactly. Yeah. Um, on that happy note, I wonder if cicadas are edible, you know?
1: Uh, they probably are.
0: I mean, most bugs are in one form or another. Not that I want yeah, to eat they,
1: them. They, but, they probably are.
0: But you They're going to be some
1: fat birds. A and, decent uh,
0: source of protein, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the birds are going to go nuts. Every 17 years, we get to have a big meal.
1: That's um, right. They're going to be feasting.
0: And a lot of birds live that long, so they could remember the last time they ate on this on Brood X. That's right. Which That's is a particularly true. tasty brood, I'm told. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not told that. All right, so we got to wrap this up. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we hope that you have a wonderful day. I'm I'm Todd Brinker.
1: I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.